Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 523, recording today, Valentine's Day. I hope you got your requisite amount of anonymous uh, adjuration, or if not, uh, your, from your partner, the, the, the token one that after a certain number of years, you just uh, you, you still give, but it maybe doesn't have the same amount of excitement because you know you're going to get something. Maybe that's just my life. I don't know. I probably shouldn't go into too much detail there. But anyway, happy Valentine's Day to you all. Uh, Sonic Talk, of course, is the podcast to do with music technology and uh, software, music production, live production, uh, technology that affects music, all of those things. So there's lots of stuff. Uh, obviously, we're just coming out of the NAM cycle. Uh, last week was the first show after we got back. And uh, while well, we had uh, Mr. Gaz Williams with us last week, who actually came to NAM, and we talked about it at great depth, uh, uh, which is good. Um, we also have this week uh, Mr. Yoad Nevo, who is in Tel Aviv, uh, not in his facility in uh, in London. Um, where we normally see him in front of his expansive... Is it Neve desk? It is Neve, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But uh, you <laughs> also viewed Nam from afar as well, so uh, maybe what we should do I'll just uh, is, is, is perhaps... Um, we'll, we'll start with your thoughts about it, but before, I'll just finish your introduction, obviously, which uh, obviously... Uh, Producer, music producer, engineer, uh, developer for Waves, many, many things, uh, as is the case with lots of people who work in the music industry now, a man with many hats. Uh, and what while you're in Israel at the moment, you're working on your with your Waves job. So how are you, Yoad? Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be back. Good to have you as well. It feels like an awfully long time that we haven't had you on. I mean, you've, yeah. you ex- so you experienced the full NAM experience from afar, so uh, I, I should ask you what uh, your impressions were. Well, I didn't have that much time to, to follow it, um, but I've noticed a couple of things. Um, one is the Korg prologue. Well, remember um, that. Which we just came out, we just was announced like a couple of days before NAM, um, yep. which, which looks very promising, and I'm very, very curious to... You know, to 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 get my hands on on one, and the other thing was the the world of, not sure what it's called, but the big kind of beast the quantum that they've, uh, oh the yeah that looks very very interesting as well. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I mean, I think um, it's funny. I mean, I I didn't kind of find that I got kind of all excited about the prologue, and I did mention that last week. But uh, Jim uh, Hayward, who's the guy who runs the Synth Memes Facebook group, he was also working, uh, sort of gathering kind of photos and live blog stuff for us there, and he really sort of fell for it big time. And he's he's really, uh, you know. So I, I'm guessing it works very much for a lot of people. The the interesting thing about it being um, that it's got that third digital oscillator so i think that's the, the thing that is the sort Absolutely. of the, unno- the unknown is that the sort of thing that thrills yeah, you? yeah but even <laughs> um n- not quite i mean that too with with a built-in fm uh oscillator it's, it can do like loads of different things and hopefully there'll be additive and en- an additive engine in there or a wavetable or whatever but it's but for me it's uh I know it's not; it has nothing to do with the politics, but I like to 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 see it as nowadays politics kind oh, of thing. Okay. Because like just modern... because it's a it's a new polyphonic org, regardless of of the way it sounds or or whatever. And for me, the politics is, you know, it's one of my of the first. I think it's it was the first act. It was the first polyphonic thing um, synth that I got my hands on um, back in the day when I was working in a music shop um, and we, we got one and it was um, unbelievable. It was amazing and I still love it. I still love the, you know, the, the kind of resonance sweep that, that you can scan the harm, harmonics and all that. I love that. And and I would like to to, to think of the new prologue as a, as a kind of a new, a modern politics. That's an interesting um, take on it. Yeah, I mean, a, a three oscill- I mean, any kind of three oscillator uh, polysynth is 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 kind of big news, I guess. I mean, the Quantum I think has three as well. I mean, it's obviously, a completely different price point and yeah. m- much more technology, as we talked about before. You know, it's just got a lot of extra stuff in it. But uh, the other thing that I don't know if you saw the uh, STVC, which is the Waldorf. Uh, it's like a Strikefet slash vocoder, which also looked pretty nice. Which again, uh, you know, Behringer once again have uh, dropped in. The, uh, is it the V? three or the v that they've done a kind of the, yeah, string vocoder machine yeah 
the Roland, the, the classic one, which which again is is very interesting. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm very curious to see how this this uh, new line of of new old synths that Behringer um, are putting out or will put out uh, is going to you know what how it's going to sound, how much it's going to cost. Whether it's all going to fit in a, in Eurorex or not, or you know, quite curious about that. Yeah, I think the vocoder, uh, the string vocoder thing, is actually more of a. Uh, it's not. It's not the small format. It's got a, an actual keyboard on it. I think it's more like maybe DeepMind Six kind of size. That's that type of thing. But again, we'll mm. see. I mean, I think there's been a couple of. There was a demo. I've forgotten the name of the chap. I think it's Fire. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. He did a, an audio demo, which was actually pretty cool. And it sounded, the vocoder sounded pretty articulate. So there's obviously some kind of production or pre-production model. So I'm guessing it's coming at some point. But, I mean, judging by the amount of stuff they're going to be releasing out, it's going to be pretty much hogging the news as much as possible. Um, so in terms of any other stuff, I mean, you know, the pro audio side or software side, anything else kind of uh, float your boat from now? I have to say that I've, I've not... You know, I obviously followed the um, Sonic State news, um, but uh, but not to the letter. So I I probably have missed a lot of a lot of yeah. Things. Well, work, so, you know, um, work and stuff. I mean, I can't remember. I think we did uh, 105 videos, so that would probably keep you going for <laughs> several hours. I mean, not that you'd be interested in all of them, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. So uh, that's forgivable. <laughs> So, Mr. Gaz Williams also, um, Gaz Williams, yeah. bass player, producer, and all of those things, uh, a purveyor of mm. uh, a very fine stripy top that is introducing all sorts it... of moray, but it's good. I it's all fine. I was it was good at moray. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. oh, of course it's fine. What if I, what, what if I went sideways on? <laughs> you went side, that, yeah, but then the, sleeve, the sleeves, no, the sleeves then start to moray. Oh. That's not going to work I've out. Tried... Oh. oh. Anyway, right. how, how the devil um, are you, Gaz? Are you well? Yes, I am. I am finally well after being poorly. Glepid, in fact, glepid. I'm uh, trying to promote the use of the word glepid, one of my many words. Um, I think I've just mentioned it in the chat room. My biggest unfulfilled as yet ambition is to get a word that I've made up in the Oxford English Dictionary, or certainly in a dictionary of uh, not just the uh, urban dictionary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, that, I, you know, I've got many words. I've talked before about them, um, and yeah, I just, I don't know why. I've always have. It's, I've, I think I've. You want to be an, a language the, originator. I've got about at least twenty words out there that people use unselfconsciously now. Um, so yes, it's um, definitely something. Uh, but yeah, glepid, glep, glepid is. You could use the word glepid for anything for. Grim, horrible, just, just, oh man, I'm so glepid. You know, like the morning after a heavy session. You know, okay. glepidity, and glepidity is a is a variation. Okay, well. all right. Well, we'll we'll bear that in mind. We'll have to keep an eye out for that one in the uh, in, in everything. <laughs> uh, let's get on to some news. I mean, news is not so much forthcoming in the uh, post nam period because everybody tries to either get it in beforehand or afterwards. But let's start with this. Here's some news. Nice video as well. This is uh, Output Analog Brass and Winds, which is sort of follows very much on the analog strings, which is like a combination of brass samples together with uh, synthesis stuff. It's all done in Contact Engine. And I have to say, I, I, did, I shot a video of it uh, in their little private room, and it does sound lovely. And they have an interesting approach, which is very low, you know, just four macros per sound as the way they tend to do it. Though you can get in and do all the other stuff. And that they seem to have really jumped in on the scene for new sounds. They definitely seem to have made a bit of a, a, a splash for themselves and all their instruments. And this is the new one. I don't know how much of a, a library user uh, any of us are. I know uh, um, Ty, who I know is very busy at the moment, he's probably already got it and has probably already used it. But I know, uh, I, th I think he uh, digs the output stuff. I don't know, uh, yeah, do you, uh, do you kind of tend to go for these sort of big signature libraries from, uh, from, from, actually... from these sort of guys? I actually went and, and bought it when I saw okay. the, the, the this video, um, <laughs> and I, I already had Excel, which is uh, which is really nice, and everyone you know everyone is using it, and you, you hear it on every kind of pop tune uh, in the past uh, three years, 
which makes it maybe a little bit but but i got like uh loads of expansions for it and things so so i kind of actually they had a really good deal i don't know if it's still going but i they had a really good deal for the whole their whole catalog so I, i i just purchased the whole thing and i'm kind of exploring the I'm not sure not sure what to what to think about it. I mean it's quite impressive. It's quite you know, it has that wow factor when you when you change presets and you um and everything. I I, I did a track using uh analog and uh strings and and brass or whatever it's called and it's it's quite nice. not sure what what i think about it i mean it's it's basically it's a glorified um sample library because it's still sure. using the, the contact features and so you use the contact filters envelopes um distort like all the effects and distortion and all that um it, it's kind of i don't know i know it's 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 very tweakable and uh and there's a lot of But when I try to to dive in I, I was wondering I was wondering like a priest I was wondering about that because I mean for essentially me it's like a preset uh, right. sorry carry on like a preset for me it's like a preset browser um and if you and if you happen to to find the right preset that that fits in what you're doing at the moment then it's great because it sounds really impressive but I I'm not sure whether I wouldn't like having just the samples that I can browse like create like an init preset and uh you know and and so see build, what build, what right, is okay. actually there. Well presumably you could do that if you have the full version of contact I mean it does work in uh, contact player as well. I I was interested when I was talking to the chap at uh, at the output cave that uh, we we made it into there it, what they were talking about you know the idea that they've gone for this sort of four macro approach and in in many ways you know they're, they're as a company they're still they're even trying to kind of bring it down to less than that so that you just distill the essence of the sound and create the maximum um sort of uh tweakability or or shaping but with only minimal mm-hmm. controls i mean because obviously you can get in behind the scenes and do all sorts of stuff and that but that i mean i don't know for how many people actually do that because that's uh, in software when it, when you've got so many parameters there it's not necessarily the most joyful experience for a lot of people so it's harder to pull people in with that so i think you d- you would ordinarily like you say stick with the presets as well so it would make sense that that would be the case um gas i mean I, yeah i i think that's the thing about these output plugins so they do have very funky controls don't they they kind of pick um i mean actually can you get an image up of the controls for this one the, yes the, the main i do have it let know. me just give me a ch- so yep. they use you know they use like these kind of slight you know they've got a very interesting approach to the whole graphical aspect haven't they rather than um uh, making uh making things look like uh, what's the what's a skeuomorphic thing uh, they they they've kind of created a visual identity that's uniquely there it's all very stylish or kind of quite muted colors but the um this has got this strange kind of look like brass it's it's a very peculiar interface isn't it the uh, yeah the sort of i see what you mean it's it's almost like mm. the kind of valves and levers on a flute or a saxophone yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah so this yeah so yeah i think that's something that's maybe an under underrated aspect about plugin design the actual you know the the look of it as the way it feels and it's quite inspiring to use i have i haven't got this one but i have got the previous one the analog uh strings um and uh, i've only just got it so i've just scraped the surface with it but again that uses a really attractive interface and you know i don't know ultimately that's just you know window dressing but uh if you're going to spend quite a bit of time with these pieces of software or you know it's it's nice to spend it in a you know a nice room you know a nice place to to operate it um I, yeah and output definitely have got you know and i mean i mean the things do sound great but it's almost their way of presenting stuff that's given them their their unique sort of angle i suppose um, yeah well i mean the other, the one thing that i did notice with all of the presets because 
you know, as we know, you know, some, th- there's been this long history of, you know, you take go back from the D50 or upwards, you know, where you kind of go, you've got, yeah, this is a, str- a brass prad and a spring prad, and sometimes it's very difficult to tell the difference between the two. There's just this sort of general muted sort of vibe to it with a bit of detune. But what they seem to have done is, every preset that I heard anyway, it has there's, there, there is a brassness to it that's undeniable, and I don't know if it's the same with the string. So they've really, you know, their sound design, they're obviously very... Ke- very uh, uh, careful about it and very specific, and they do kind of try and retain the 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 the, the brassness or the stringness or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they kind of yeah. yeah I yeah. think it's a they're they're still a relatively young company, aren't they? they yeah, haven't been around that yeah. long. No, they haven't, and they they, yeah. they 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 you know they they have a lot of smart people working for them, and it definitely kind of is is the thing that they do. Sorry, yeah, as you were. Um, yeah, I think I think they they definitely took the the uh, you know capabilities of contact to the max. I mean, like uh, Gaz said, it's really nice looking. Um, it's basically you know when when you strip it down, it's basically some some frames that of of graphics that you can just move about, which which you know other 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 interfaces, other contact interfaces do as well. But but their their art is nice. They're, it's the, just very stylish. Um, it, for me, I would like to, and they do have they do have one effect uh, movement. I think it's called, which isn't based because it processes audio rather than an instrument. So this is not based on contact. So it's just a player. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's based on React or something like that. But it's wrapped as a as a standalone plugin. Um, so so that one, I, I think that that's a step in 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 the right direction because they're very imaginative and they're very stylish and the the sounds are very distinct and it all sounds good. I would like to see them making something which is not based on contact and then they can maybe well that's really, always the, that's um, always the big jump isn't it that's the that's the jump when mm-hmm. when when a company goes yeah. from from that to developing their own engine but that's that's the big leap i mean you have to sort of generate a decent amount of revenue to be able to afford the developers to do that i mean no obviously spectrosonics did mm-hmm. it uh and you know there was well, spectrosonics uh, sort of sort of did it though didn't they they've isn't it the uh what's it the engine under uh steam you, steam that steam they use? oh i yeah. see the steam sorry steam yeah engine. you're right the steam engine yeah so i mean that that is a, a big uh you know that that's a big ask to do that and i suppose that's the thing that you know obviously you know that's where uh the native instrument contact engine it, it's so long in the tooth now i mean where we're up to what was it f- version five it feels like it should be longer than that but they've been the kind of they mm-hmm. they really took over who they took over from giga sampler didn't they which was the the kind of previous uh way that people oh, would yeah. pour yeah. their pull that uh, sample um, or certainly orchestral mm-hmm. stuff in because that had scripting and all the key switching and stuff. But then I think that just went by the wayside for whatever reason, you know, uh, it, obviously a big job to uh, to keep all that going. But yeah, I used, an to, int- love, I used to love uh, Giga Sampler. It was amazing. I, I loved it. I loved it. And I and I mm-hmm. stuck with it for I had a dedicated PC that was running it. Uh, I think Tascam uh, purchased yeah. them. It is. Uh, Nemesis, that we're called. Yes, that's uh, right. Really amazing, amazing, amazing sampler. Uh, but w- what I did like about it, I mean, that was the first disc streaming uh, sampler player. Yeah. Um, and I still, I still use the Giga Piano, which is it's called Giga Piano, but it's it's only six hundred megabytes. But never mind. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's uh it's still for the time it was amazing it was unheard of um what i did like about it, it that it, is the fact that it was really snappy so it was on a pc you know and on pcs everything is like instant and and really snappy and you change screens in no time and you load stuff in no time and um and with contact i still i still feel that it's a little bit sluggish so when you when you're in a session and you you touch the icon in order to to open the GUI. It takes a good six or seven seconds sometimes. You know, even if you, you just go between. And this is something that I know that many people are used to it, and it's great, and it can do things that obviously um, it's quite unique. And and also the the contact 
the content is uh, is. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Is that I mean, is, is that yeah. is that because it's running inside a host? I mean, if you ran it as a, in the same way that you ran Giga as a sort of as a standalone application on a separate computer, would that make it more snappy? Or I mean, but then you're getting into that's the other problem, isn't it? The yeah, thing with Giga. Then- it, the thing with Giga is you had to then save another document and figure out a way to recall it, and there was all sorts of weird linking that you could do uh, and you know whatnot. Obviously, obviously, if you run the the contact standalone application, then you wouldn't have to call the screen because it would be there. You know what I mean? So, so, sure. so, so that would um, and it, yeah, I kind of I like everything in my session. So yeah, I know where it is, and I don't have to. I used I used to work in the in the early days of of mixing in the box. I actually started mixing in the box, and working entirely in the box, back in in uh, in ninety five or something like that. And I used to have seven computers. Um, one was just because you know the, there was no way you could process everything. In, on one computer, so I had one computer running drums, one computer running uh, guitars, one computer running vocals. I had another Pro Tools system that was just processing because it was TDM with no latency, so it was just processing uh, effect returns. Wow. Um, everything was was running through a Creamware uh, scope, it, which yeah. had sixty four digital ins and outs. It was a massive system and i used to love it but the downside was that for every song i had to save seven projects yeah and, and then although t- they were on the network stored in the same place it's a it's a bit of a drag but it was amazing for for what it could do at the time talking 20 I don't know yeah, how yeah. many years yeah, ago. Yeah, well, I, no, I can quite... imagine that. But yeah, managing all of that stuff is a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, I suppose in some ways, you know, that kind of takes us back to uh, to the situation we've become very spoiled in a way that, you know, we can run pretty much everything on a single computer. Although, you know, some of the larger sessions, if you're running a lot of orchestral stuff, I know that, you know, people like Ty and other uh, people who are composing to picture uh, still run into these problems, memory limitations, and just the physical, you know, not physically having enough of stuff to be able to deal with it because it's just it's just so big. And also, when you've got all of those things kind of layered on, layered on, layered on layer, you know, that it only takes one little kind of uh, skip and then suddenly something's going wrong and then you're into kind of IT management and not composition. And that's something that is, obviously, we've all been there <laughs> yeah, and that's... still do to a degree, you know. Yeah, but that's what that's what I actually liked about it because because I always like to to get distracted from from actually <laughs> making music or mixing, and that's why you know to the to the point that I'm actually developing software. You know, as, ah, as, okay. As so it's an avoidance. It's, so it's a complex avoidance technique, not, is it? <laughs> it's yeah, in a way. You know, when I started playing guitar, and I was looking for devices to to connect the guitar to and i was spending more time doing that and it and it, and throughout my career it's always been like that it's this duality between being a musician uh, and being in a what is now like fully it person uh, and i kind of like that I know what you mean, problem solving. It's interesting because, I mean, Gaz, I'd say, you know, you probably, I mean, whereas I know you enjoy the process of figuring out ways to hook up your gear together, that's one side of it, but you also very much creatively live in the moment. So it's just like, right, go, bang. There's, you know, you're trying to create an environment where you can just splurge. Yes. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, I've yeah, for many years, really, been been interested in that. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm undergoing a bit of an electron phase at the moment, which, uh, you know, if anyone's not familiar with the electron process, is uh, very cerebral and very, you know, initially quite um, uh, difficult to just be kind of instant with uh just trying to learn how to use the octa track and um but once it starts to click then i think it it is a great facilitator of of an instant way of working like super quick way of working uh so i'm quite enjoying that but um yeah definitely uh have that constant sort of battle between um i suppose the 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 different hemispheres of the brain really um 
and to be in that the place which is the most creatively um fluid is a direct sort of it's in battle isn't it with the um methodical kind of mind yeah no it's interesting um, I mean, I'm, I, I, but I, I guess in a way you know that's why we are here and why we do what we do because you know we are kind of music technologists as well as working you know at least some of us yeah. working in the in you know in that zone as well I, interesting i look at my sis I, i've got so many different systems in my studio and uh, actually across the house like different uh, in different rooms different you know i realized god you know, like like say, ranging from the OP1, which is like a self-contained system, to Native Instruments Machine, to all sorts of different things which are self-contained. So I'm, I think I'm still looking for the most. You know, I, I'm definitely on some mission to find the. You're finding the perfect, the, the perfect thing. That's find, interesting, isn't it? Isn't hmm. it? It has parallels, doesn't it? You know, you get these, uh, you, hmm. you get these sort of serially single people who are always looking for the perfect partner, and they're never going to find it because their expectations are completely unrealistic. And I wonder if there's a there's an element of that similar kind of thing uh, that when we're looking for this perfect thing, yeah. if only I had that, I would be so productive and everybody, you know, <laughs> and get so much more work. And I wonder really if that's actually the case, but that's perhaps a good discussion for another time. Um, I, I'm just going to uh, break things up a little bit and we'll have a little message from, uh, from our sponsors. Of course, this is uh, Isotope Ozone 8. Uh, don't forget um, to try this out. If you go to isotope.com forward slash ozone. Uh, this uses a lot of machine learning technology that allows you to uh, analyzes your audio asks you where you kind of where you're aiming for and then builds uh, a workflow and a series of um, processing blocks that it thinks will be able to get you where you need to go it's actually very smart and it, it's something that's adapting the whole time so it's not necessarily going to give you the whole thing based on you know if you've got a different track it might makes different suggestions and you don't have to follow the whole thing the idea is is it gives you a starting point and it can get you there very very quickly all sorts of visual tools we've got the uh, spectral analysis tool which allows you to see roughly between which frequency bands you know what the are acceptable amounts of energy all sorts of stuff additional help for uh, visual mixing tools because as we know you know ears are great but sometimes that extra visual uh, cues really helps as well uh, the ability to uh, run instances of neutron 2 and other instances of ozone from within the same master plugin so you can adjust settings on multiple tracks to affect the overall output you've also got the ability to a, B between a whole folder full of tracks. So if you've got your mix plus a number of targets that you're trying to get to, you can just A, B, A, B, uh, volume matching, very important for that as well. Up to 10 references. So you can get regions and just say, well, does the chorus sound the same? All, again, useful stuff for getting you where you need to go, whether it be just in mastering or just maybe the sound of an individual track. Very powerful stuff. So if you check out isotope.com forward slash ozone, you'll be able to get the full uh, functioning demo, I think it lasts for about 10 days. There's all sorts of really high-end tutorial techniques and uh, information about how to use it. Thoroughly recommend you check it out if you're into mastering or if you're into just kind of finishing your mixes and getting them to sound as, you, as good as you possibly can. So once again, we thank Isotope for their uh, sponsorship of the show. And we should also say we got a competition. Last week, uh, we asked you uh, to tweet the hashtag, what was it, uh, MixFixer, that's right. And also, uh, we have a winner last week, a chap called Scott Baxter, who is uh, at Loosh21 on, uh, uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, from Stutter Edit Pro to Trash to Iris 2, looking to complete complete my isotope collection with Ozone and Mixfixer. Very, very good. I, I've just realised I haven't actually set a, a hashtag for this week's competition, which is uh, terrible. So I'm going to go for uh, isotope. There we go. This is this, I'm going to have to do this on the fly. So the hash, this week's hashtag is isotope, at, so the hashtag isotope and the hashtag Ozone8. Uh, if you tweet that to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So that's the hashtag Isotope and the hashtag Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That will enter you into the competition uh, for next week where we will pick another winner. And once again, we thank uh, Isotope for their uh, provision of the prize. And Scott Baxter at Loose21, if you want to get in touch, then uh, we'll be able to um, get that prize to you. 
Um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here because I'm I'm feeling that this might actually hey have some relevance to all of you guys. We, we spoke about it a little bit last week. 10.4 uh, came out just just before NAM, and there are a number of uh, big features. This is uh, Music Tech Help Guy who just gave us a, a rundown. One of the big deals is the ability to smart tempo. So you can record sort of click-free, and then it will automatically map and tempo. So it effectively frees you from the grid. This is probably one of the biggest ones. There are a number of other things. There's Chromaverb, there's Melodyne API, that side of things. And I thought I'd bring this in, Yoad, because uh, I know that you use Logic, and I thought, what can I... What can I? What what have you got to say about it? I mean, do, are you one of these guys that tends to keep really up to date with with uh, with your working door? Do you kind of like save it until a point where you feel you've got you know the ability to uh, you know to devote the time to update your system? And is there anything in in uh, the ten point four update that you really got to have? So one of the benefits of of logic is that it's just a file. So you can always revert back, not even revert. You just, if, if anything goes wrong, you just use the, keep using the old one. So nothing really, there's no risk in, in downloading a, a new version. I obviously make a copy of the, of the previous one. Otherwise it will, it will go over it. Uh, so I just rename it and then, um, or duplicate and let logic uh, go over the original one. So there's no risk involving in that involved in that so um so yeah I, I definitely keep up to date um i have a bit of an inside info in, inside information so i know a little bit about what's going to come out uh, and it's very exciting um with regards to the tempo mapping basically you know you you could do all that in 10.3 too and and uh, three three and and before uh or whatever whatever the previous one so basically you, you had all these capabilities but you had to work a little bit harder in order to do that and um so it's all good and nice but you have to remember that it's still based on transient detection and transit transient detection it's not is not bulletproof and it's far from it and um from my past experience with logic and other doors um trying to to detect tempo is it it's enough that it misses one transient and the whole thing goes completely out of sync ah, so if okay. so if it detects and i've and i've been actually doing that i don't know if anyone remembers smp 24 the steinberg hardware that was uh for, for atari it was an amazing machine that used to to be able to to basically do that so you could feed it with time code and um, audio and it would create a tempo map that you could transfer to cubase um and that would become the tempo map and it would still be so what i used to do um is to take the kick and snare put um eight note delay on it and mix those together and feed it to the uh, to the SMP24, and that would create a MIDI map based on that. Uh, a MIDI, what's it called? A tempo map based on that. So, so this whole this whole concept is is not not new to me uh, by all means. Um, what I tend to do is rather than let the host detect the transients because one wrong. So if you get one quarter note instead of an eighth note or something like that it would shift the whole tempo map uh. and make it completely unusable so you have to get every single one right um so what i tend to do is to basically if i have something that which is recorded without a click track um i tend to just record immediately i take like a rim shot or something like that um, and I just play, you know, I play right, so to, there is, to the song. A... Ah, okay. I play, to, I play to the song. Then I edit the MIDI where I missed, you know, where 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 it's not completely tight. I just go and edit the MIDI. It doesn't take too long. It takes like ten minutes. But then you have a click track that plays nicely with the music, 
And then I let logic analyze that track and create a tempo map of that. Right. So, okay. So then I have something that I can edit offline and I can control the, where the transients are myself. And then I know that, that it's going to work. So it I, takes I, a little I, bit of time, but then I didn't realize right. that. I, I didn't realize that there were. I mean, I guess it makes sense that it's working on the transients and works that way. I know, Gaz, because I mean, we we briefly mentioned ten point four last week, and you were saying it was a pretty uh, decent update. I mean, I guess this is the thing that I thought might appeal to you is that. I mean, I know that you work off grid anyway, and you use, but it, it's quite an involved process. But it sounds like even with this, it, an entire song might be difficult. But if you're just recording little clips and and and, and short short phrases, it might well work. But it. The, the examples I've seen so far seem to have been with quite uh, transient, heavy guitar parts. So maybe it wouldn't work so much. It's something that's a bit more floaty. Yes, I mean, it, it is, you know, it is a kind of like a like a sort of philosophical debate in a way about what is music, because this has to essentially make some sort of musical, you know, I mean, yes, it could look at the, the transients, but if you're giving it something... <laughs> Like if 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 someone's just played uh, a tune on a, on a bagpipes and then you're yeah. trying to That's not tempo map it, right? <laughs> but um, you know, so Cubase has had this sort of built in, but it's a much more uh, is well, it's a different approach with the Cubase one. Um, and I've had quite mixed results with the Cubase one. I've had absolutely fantastic results. We did a video, didn't we, a couple of years ago? with the tempo mapping on in Cubase when that became, yeah. when that was a new, that was a good video actually, that demonstrates that quite well. Uh, but even still, when I'm doing music productions, I, I still tend to favor the Melodyne uh, tempo mapping. And it is not that straightforward. What I, the way I, I work that way is that I will, um, well, maybe if I've, rec whatever I've recorded the track in, say I've recorded multi-track Cubase session, I'll, open a separate uh, it's a bit long-winded but this is the best results is i'll open a separate instance of melodyne 4 and then use the assign uh, i'd bring in i would choose multiple tracks you see what's it good with the melodyne way of doing it is it uses multiple tracks so you get an average you get more of an average tempo. right okay yeah so you can choose what you think are the best uh the best indicators of the tempo so if i've done like a multi-track session of a of a band playing uh you know i'd use certainly um aspects of the drums doesn't need the whole drum track but uh overheads uh, maybe kick and, and snare uh i'd use bass guitar you know and various tracks and then you go into the assigned tempo and you can do very sophisticated editing to the tempo map. And it just is fantastic. I think it's absolutely amazing. And then what I'll do then is I'll export out a MIDI file as the tempo map, create a brand new project based on that MIDI, uh, that tempo map, and then re-import the audio that was recorded. And then in Cubase, you can tell the audio files to set definition by tempo so once you've done that that's when the the real clever stuff can happen because you're essentially embedding that tempo map as the uh, uh, embedded into the into the right. audio so then you can start to edit the tempo map in all sorts of creative ways um for instance you know you'll see the tempo maps moving all the time because the music was recorded without a click but where you want the music just to kind of um to be really steady you, you, can, you just can draw, can just draw. it's interesting though isn't it i mean I, I suppose i was thinking that you know because apple had sort of tackled it it would be a, a bit more bulletproof and and, and make more sense the, but it, it seems like the, it's kind of you know it's again it's it's it's, it's inherently a very case. difficult thing to do automatically the, the good thing with the apple way of doing it is it, it, it asks you to define the downbeat doesn't it sort of and then it'll align the tempo grid from from where like the down it seems like it's more designed for, for shorter for shorter sections i mean if you had a whole song in it with a load of maybe tempo changes and what have you or time signature mm -hmm. changes you'd be screwed you'd have to kind of get in there and really yeah i mean out. Uh, an album which i produced last year the 
schnauzer album it's called irritant uh it's on bad elephant music i think it's a uh, that is music that is just crazy prog all over the place so there would be this wouldn't stand a hope in hell in following that so we did it as a manual process for every song and it was it took a month to tempo map that album using wow. that melody more or less long it took a lot of work uh, but then once that was done what was it what what was able what we were able to achieve i just mentioned one thing quickly on this topic sorry slightly deviating but but based on one of the things that's really useful to have is what i found was if there was a drum fill that i didn't particularly like or didn't feel very good rather than going in and moving beats around this is a multi-tracked microphoned drum track rather than going in and, and micromanaging the beats of a fill or whatever what i would do is i would just put i would just move the tempo map and as you just adjust the tempo map just during the duration of the fill you can really change the way the fill feels you know if uh, it's, Im- it's it's interesting. I, I suppose the th- I suppose the thing is, I mean, how important is? I mean, Yoad, you know, you I, I guess a lot of the stuff that you do, or I don't know if it is now, but it has been sort of fairly rigid pop music, which is not rigid, but pop music which is generally fairly gridded and it's fairly heavy. Do you think there there's a sort of uh, element of production where you know people should be encouraged to work off grid because it, it adds a certain something, doesn't it? It makes it makes something come alive in an indefinable way that you can't just sort of add with a plug-in or whatever, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, when you, like, like Gaz said, when you, when you get it right, it's unbelievable because then you, if, you know, if you base your, your whole tempo mapping uh, on, on, on the drums, um, actually that's something that you can still do. For instance, in logic, if you, if you, get someone to play because basically eventually what we want is something to feel really nice and natural and that doesn't mean that it has to be played without a click um especially for pop and rock and and folk and whatever um so but so what you could do and and you could always do that uh is to to get the drummer to play on a click track but then to extract the groove from the what's called the groove track from the his from from the playing of the drums and and base and and then it's much easier to to detect the transients and then you you just force that to become the groove you can do it very easily in logic uh, and that's something that works really well and and what you can also do is take a drum loop that you like or even a guitar riff that you like and extract extract the groove from that and set it as your quantized groove and everything you play and quantize will be quantized to that groove. But that usually refers to a couple of bars or something like that. But still, it will give you a nice feel for your whole track, which will not be so rigid. Right. Okay, I understand. I, um, so <laughs> I, I know I've mentioned this before. I did this, this uh, album with uh, David Green, uh, acoustic guitarist, and tempo mapped all his because he he performed solo with acoustic guitar tempo mapped his entire album off his acoustic guitar but added uh in some cases some drum machines stuff you know and having a drum machine playing beautifully in time to a non-clicked acoustic guitar is amazing it's so it makes the drum machine just ebb and flow with such a beautiful human quality it's amazing it's a, a really really recommend that way of working so I'm hopeful now it's in logic as a, and it's quite a mainstream uh you know they've they've made it as a big announcement. I'm really interested to see what's gonna happen when super duper creative types like the band Noah, you know, with Lewis Cole and people like that start to use it in ways that we can't quite perceive you know i I've done a little bit of this this as well, which is really good fun, which is if you play stuff with the anticipation that you are going to tempo map it and then have other things play around with it is, you know, there's really interesting creative dimensions available to it, as well as it being a a corrective tool, you know, to actually use it. um, I suppose, I I suppose the thing, the thing that I kind of get always scares me a little bit. It's like when you start messing with the phase of multi-tracks and you just, you you end up in this place where you're not sure Mm. where's right anymore. And if you're messing with the groove and the tempo map, the idea that you're applying this process 
and you're just sort of going, mm. yeah, I think this is better. Is it better or is it just different? You know, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose if you know you've got a, a set of really great musicians who will do that kind of speeding up and slowing down and breathing and you just let them play and then somehow, you know, there's a button you can press that goes, okay, lock to that. So that means I can apply my loops, my my uh, appalling playing, my, my, my quantized stuff to that feel as well. And I suppose that's the thing. It's it, it, it's knowing that the, the 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 process between those two points is trustworthy because once you're messing with it, it, it it's very easy to um, to perhaps lose sight of what it is that you're that you're trying to do. And and, and that's where I've always le- leaned away with that. Maybe that's why people stick to the grid because they just go, I know that that's on time, and I know that that's that. Then I don't. There's no there's no discussion. There's no there's no ability to kind of go. Could it be better this way or better that way? You just you you you're narrowing the amount of parameters that you've got to deal with at any one time. So I can understand why. Well, you might not I mean, go it, there. it is something that I, I the, the dynamics, you know, is isn't just a, this way, loud and quiet. Dynamics is a forward back thing. And musicians inherently know this. And when you're playing with great musicians, the ability to just to, to, to kind of lean in and to, to lay back just happens. It's not necessarily that you learn this. I think it's just an instinctive thing that's part of being a, a musician. And I think that the, the way that the grid has kind of sterilized that front to back uh, dynamic over the last 30 years, I think is the clearest definition of why music from the 60s and the 70s is more so- soulful and better, frankly, better than the music that's come before since it i i reckon it's the sterilizing of that front to back dynamic that is kind of uh yeah it's to blame maybe so well that's an interesting concept (laughs) let's take this things into a a completely different direction i don't know if you saw uh this let me see if i've got the right button here uh uh oh yeah this this is the one did you see um, Paul Stretch? Paul X Stretch is now available as a plugin, and I downloaded it. It's actually pretty cool. And this is uh, the video from a chap called Beats Bastine, who's just doing a walkthrough. And this is the Paul Stretch algorithm used to work in uh, a standalone application. It allows you to time stretch down 800% or plus. And we found some really beautiful sounds in it. And this is now available as a plugin. Works as VST2 and AU as well. And it works on a recorded buffer and gives you a kind of the ability to play with all of that stuff. And um, before then, it kind of was a bit more sort of C sound and you had to be really into that. I don't know whether, is that something that you found? Because, I mean, you can find such beauty in these uh, these super time stretch things. Have you, have you downloaded Absolutely. this one yet? This. Uh, no, but I know the original. I know the, the standalone. Um, I think it's mind-blowing. I think what you can do with it it's just unbelievable and i think that um that you know people mess with with modular synths to to create like a self evolving textures and things like that all you have to do is like take a song and throw it on there and it will just do amazing and unpredictable stuff um and what i what i really like about the standalone i'm not sure whether it, the plugins allows you to do that is that you can set it so slow that it says it will take five million years <laughs> to complete the song. <laughs> and There's a sort I of really John Cage like element concept. to that, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like that concept because when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was really, really young, I I always I, I met I had this this kind of idea in my in my mind that I wanted, you know, those those Garard, um, you know, um, record decks, record players, yep, decks, yeah, that they used to that you could put it on loop, like on automatic, that the needle would go to the end and come back and play again with this funny arm and, and all that. And I always I had this vision in my in my mind that if what happens, it's like it's like the sound of a tree in the forest. Basically, what will happen if you take a room and you put it there and you just leave it? forever what will happen um so so that's kind of a similar concept to that what will happen if you take a computer somewhere let it let it do its thing for five million years and, and <laughs> what will the what file happens, be like you know? well does that mean that the file will I be mean, five million years long though because that would be quite <laughs> difficult to listen to i'd imagine nobody would ever get through to the end unless they sped it up again but and then I it would be <laughs> 
well, you never know. Maybe in three million years, there'll be some, some guy opening this door and there will be a laptop there kind of still processing the, the file, you know, and it the will say, stretch. oh, you have two million, two, two million years left. Now that is a, that, like that. That, that's a progress bar that anyone would, would put the fear of God into anyone who's paying for a session, isn't it? I mean, that's the uh, time yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, anything more than, you know, well, minutes, frankly, is the concept. Yeah, it, it's interesting the way that this really does mess with the fabric of time. We've seen examples, I mean, there was the classic, the Justin Bieber thing, which actually sounded beautiful, partly, I think, because it was probably auto-tuned within an inch of its life. So the harmonics were very... Uh, rigid, so you know, sc scaling through them just sounded sort of quite amazing. And there's the crickets, the gods chorus, that sort of thing. I and mean, this is, seems like there's we are we are perhaps on the cusp of something that it could be. You know, we've seen with granular synthesis and that side of it, but maybe mm. this taking it a little bit further and combining the the Paulette stretch type thing into some form of instrument where we could take mm. this as well. This could be something at very fertile ground. Yeah, it'd be nice to play it polyphonically, wouldn't it? You know, just sort of diff different songs on each key. Interesting. Just holding holding chords and, you know, <laughs> out of entire songs, um, playing incredibly slowly. How uh, how many instances of it? Is it, it's like an, is it a plug-in then, or is it a uh, Yeah, it's a guy by called, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Xenakios. Uh, he's done a Pool Stretch X, which mm. is based on the Pool Stretch uh uh, it has lots of latency because you record into a buffer. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it runs in Windows, Reaper, Ableton Live, FL Studio. It's a any juice plugin host, uh, Reaper Live. I, I think I saw that that the video was in Cubase. So, so I think it will work in most I, plugins. I guess you could go through each Beatles song until you found one in every single key, starting the first kind of chord of each beat. And then map them to different notes, and then be able well, to play. Well, there's another play. conceptual concept. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a prog oh. album there, guys, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, quite interesting. Just um, yeah, yeah, cool. Is it how much is it, or is it free? Well, it's basically donationware, so you could download it for nothing. Oh. And then there's a little button here, uh, which I put on the news item as well, which you can donate donate via PayPal. And it's just it's just a really nice idea. The idea of sort of stretching yeah. the fabric of time. Uh, because, like I say, previously it was it was a bit more scientific, and now I mean, you mm. know, it's not the most beautiful-looking uh, interface. It's a bunch of sliders and what have you, and it's not clear what they all do. But you can you can get it completely uh, for almost freeness, and it did it did work. Mm. So well worth checking out. And and again, as you said, uh, you know, the idea that you can just generate these sort of beautiful harmonic spectral kind of granular weird weird soundscapes, and then I guess either record the output or sample that somewhere else, and you know maybe play that. Very nice thing. I think there could be an instrument in it somewhere. Uh, there was a time when, when we said this sort of thing, someone would make that kind of stuff. I'm not sure whether that's uh, that's likely to happen <laughs> this time, but maybe we can we can hope, can't we? Um, okay. Well, I, I, it's now uh, nearly five o'clock. We've got um, any any other topics here that uh, of the remaining ones that ah. you feel very strongly about and would like to? Uh, I'd to... like to talk about the Apple. HomePod, just because of some of the philosophical quandaries that it throws up. Okay, well, look, I'll just throw the web page up because this is the news that you know everybody's doing it. Smart speakers and all that sort of thing. Obviously, we've had Sonos, we've had the uh, mm. uh, the Amazon stuff, the Google Home. I don't know what it's called, but now Apple have done their own thing, and inevitably, it's more expensive and more stylish and more uh, more of whatever. I think there's a picture of what it's got going on inside it. So you've got. I think seven tweeter away, uh, six microphone away, and a high excursion woofer, which sounds kind of like something made up, but I like the sound of that. And I have heard it. It sounds really good, and it works in the Apple ecosystem, which is probably the limiting factor. But the, yeah. the basic yeah. idea of it is it will scan, it will analyze the room it's in and where it is in the room, and then provide the best sound based on the reflections and what have you. You can get stereo pairs, and mm. it's more expensive. But um, this raised a question for you guys, didn't it? Which was uh, yeah. which was what? Which is um, so most people will use these on their own at the moment. There's no way of ganging them into stereo. So is there not? It says that you can. Not yet. Ah, okay. not yet. Coming I soon. think it's going to be dependent <laughs> on uh, on AirPlay Two coming out. I think where ah, they okay. negotiate. There's a kind of negotiation that needs to take place. So at the moment, these things are sort of essentially mono devices, except they're not mono devices because they, the tweeters throw out more 
sick that can throw out different sounds now this does it well so what happens is when it works out say it works out it's on on a shelf and there's a wall behind it uh the the microphones sort of detect when it's playing music it knows if once the music's left the speaker when it bounces back it works out like a kind of three-dimensional image phase align the tweeters presumably well no what it does is it it does like a kind of mid-side sort of split it separates the sides and the mid signal and then it fires just the mid signal uh, out at you and it'll fire the the side signal at the wall so bouncing back what it what it's it it, it calls it in in it the home pod jargon as a app like the ambience channel and it's the direct channel so it's essentially kind of going you know things that are like applause that it uses as an example will typically be uh more in the left and right channels uh pan hard pan possibly but it's not actually giving you a stereo image it's giving you this thing that you hear the 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 the, the things the like vocals it, and stuff right, coming right. the focus yeah now i'm kind of thinking what about our lovely stereo imagery that we spend hours on in a mix you know getting everything right for devices like this which will be the preeminent not just the apple one i mean the amazon ones these are all essentially mono products that uh, are, and the sonos as well unless you have a pair yeah spatializing uh now when the sec when it comes that you can chain two of these home pods together you still don't hear it as proper stereo you still hear something and i'm not entirely sure if they're going to split the mid sides and set one to only have the left side coming out of its ambient speakers and then the right one i i just don't know but it's this idea that our meticulous productions are being put into these devices that then are putting them through algorithms and changing how they sound and 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 the thing that i was wondering then do devices like this will they reward well-mixed music in the traditional sense um but you know i i just don't know and and things if you're using extreme panning uh i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a mix deliberately because we've got a home pod downstairs i'm gonna make a mix with look just just of panning hard left and right and play it out of it see what see it what, sounds like well i'm guessing it's it sounds like that's an interesting idea. I mean, yeah. Do, do you uh, are you conscious when you're mixing for mixing to, to to mono devices, mixing to this sort of new breed of smart speakers, which you know process the audio in whatever fashion, or do you try and not think about that too much? Um, well, I'm always conscious uh, conscious about um, mono, obviously, because even even from the uh, the vinyl days, which are pretty re- relevant um, again. Um, a lot of people will double a guitar, uh, just delay a guitar and put it on the, you know, left, right and things and, and, and will not consider how it will sound in mono. And, and when it sound when, when you mono it, it could sound awful. So I'm very much aware of that. Um, I think, you know, the concept of MS of mid, mid, mid inside is, is not necessarily a bad thing. You can fully recreate um uh a stereo mix by um encoding it to ms and then decoding it back it will be transparent um the 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 fact that they're using <clears throat> the the walls to 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 you know to bounce it back off the walls and and so obviously it's diffused it depends on on how you set up the the levels i think that if you mix correctly um you shouldn't be too concerned about it uh if there'll be a guitar or something or a shaker or something that is hard panned then yeah it would sound a bit different but largely if your mix is is balanced correctly and it sounds good and it sounds good on on many systems these days when i when i mix i stream um straight from the desk to to the phone so I don't have to bounce a file and, and put it on Dropbox and whatever. It streams directly to the phone. So at any at any time I can listen you to can it check the mix. through the phone, which I do. I listen through my uh, through my Samsung uh, screen, you know, uh, monitor. Right. It, it's it's basically a, a TV, so I can I can stream to to there. So 
So the output of, of my logic goes to, to quite a few destinations <laughs> as I mix through Soundflower and and SoundGrid and things like that. So I can stream it. I can. So I'm I'm aware of of the different formats, but I wouldn't necessarily be too concerned about that because you can um until we 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 reach um a time where you are required to provide different formats like on uh, stems on native instrument stems and things ah, okay. like that <laughs> I, I i i wouldn't worry about it too much because i think you can easily get lost in in all these considerations so so if you well, just that, okay uh, that, do that's your an, thing so here's a here's a question for you then i mean the idea, you know, obviously these are premium devices. You know, this is a premium home speaker. I wonder whether there's a possibility that because that because they're creating this kind of premium, you know, this premium listening thing, you know, it, within the context of this uh, of the sort of the fact that it's just a speaker in your room, whether we might start to move towards again, you know, once they get the stereo thing sorted out, albums that you know reportedly sound extremely good on the home pod or rep replicate it extremely well. So therefore, music then becomes more of a, a listening experience again, like in the old days of hi-fi when people would sit down and listen to stuff. Then, you know, th this might actually start to move things back towards that and you know away from the commoditization of it because you know apple have entered the idea of creating this premium listening experience you know it's not just a pair of buds it's not the speaker out of your phone it's actually a sitting in your in your house and in your room so that that possibly could be a good thing right something um, well yeah I'm, sorry uh, yeah just to just to 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 touch on that uh, basically you know bear in mind that that a lot of people listen to music on their headphones and headphones you know so so you so when you take that into consideration you don't put stuff unless you want to unless you do like a concept um, thing but when you do like basically something that you that should be played amongst other songs on a playlist and you don't want it to sound weird or anything like that then you you would kind of um you would not put a lot the drums on the right and the vocals on the left and things like that uh, again unless you want to and artistically but if you want it to be compatible with other songs then as much as people are aware of of um of of headphones you know so it's basically mm -hmm. the same thing so so i i don't see it as 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 a okay. problem at the no, moment interesting but i i, just, I did wonder I, about that sorry i got this I, I'm wondering about an idea now, like, you know, I, some WAV formats, WAV formats uh, allow you to have um, multi-channel audio within a single file, don't you know, you can get, what is it? I think just direct in the WAV standard, can you have this one? Or various? Yeah, you can of, have an interleaved, uh, you can have an eight, eight channel, mm. eight channel inter, interleaved uh, WAV right. file. So if there was a way in the header of a WAV file to actually determine which mix within a WAV, you know, now sort of like streaming speeds and stuff are so fast music, you know, ways to, that you could have a headphone mix and like a mono mix and various other mixes all embedded in the same WAV file and that your device is intelligent enough to go, oh, you're listening on headphones, switch in the headphone mix, switch in the, the mono mix. I, I, I mean, I'd love that personally, because like you can do super wicked all sorts of smart uh psychoacoustic effects for headphone listening that just sound terrible on speakers but you wouldn't have to worry then if you could embed That's an idea. mixes within a within a wav file that sort of takes it a, a step on yeah that's an interesting idea takes it a step on from uh from stems uh which presumably stems are you know there is hardware that recognizes it as whatever so you know then it becomes something mm. that you could use in a certain way so the, interesting so the dev mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, more more <laughs> work, more more work for everybody, yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, but, yeah. it's optional, an optional thing, an optional thing. If someone wants to put a headphone mix into it, there's a way to embed a headphone mix into it. You know, an optional thing. So you don't have to do it, but uh, you know, it's yeah, it's whether the hardware. And then people... someone will figure out oh, yeah, a just... way to play them all at the same time and get a really <laughs> wow experience, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. There is one thing I wanted to mention about the HomePod before we moved on, though, and that's the fact that there is no jack input. There's no way of playing music out of it unless you use the Apple. It drives me mad, this kind of thing. I mean, Sonos is the Hmm. same. You know, it's just like, I just want to play this audio that I'm listening to on my computer on my speaker. Is that possible? No. Or it is possible, but it's not quite possible without setting up some kind of weird streaming server and writing a preset for... Oh, it's just... It makes me crazy. It's like, I want to amplify something. I've just bought a stereo amplification system, but it won't let me unless I get something else that allows me to. It's just... Anyway, that's another thing. Mm. I, I think we'll probably uh, we'll probably leave it there, and uh, we'll come back to it again. Yoad, thank you so much for joining us from uh, Tel Aviv. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week there. I don't know how My long pleasure. you're Good you're there when you. when we will see you again, but it's uh, it's great as ever to have you on board. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And also, Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you also for joining us mm. too. That's been a pleasure cool. having you as well. An interesting concept about the idea of the uh, multi-header WAV I Like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the time difference <laughs> yo i did uh, tel aviv to gmt uh, it's now um just past uh seven so it's it's two hours ahead ah, ah okay right. all right forward fast but I'm, forward. Only, I'm only back on friday so it's my mm. kind of five day week when i'm here every month and then i'm back on uh-huh. friday morning ah okay so that's a fi- that's a fairly easy jet lag to to uh realign with then yeah it's not bad it's not <laughs> yeah it, well, it's jet, not jet lag jet lag back from nam was wicked this year it took me nearly two well 10 days to get over it it was yeah appalling anyway but that's beside the point mm. i did get some summer sun some winter sun so what the hell anyway that's it for this week yeah. thank you very much for joining us everybody don't forget if you want to enter the uh competition uh to win ozone 8 from isotope uh we're looking for the hashtag isotope and the hashtag ozone 8 to at sonic state and at isotope inc uh and uh, we will announce a winner next week uh so uh, without much further ado uh we will see you all next time thank you very much for watching see you later